So when does a bad joke become a dad joke? When? When it's a full grown. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. We did this one on our first episode, but that wasn't no, it. It was a different that one. Right? Uh, <laughs> that's oh. when it becomes apparent. Yeah. Uh, same same like joke, different that. ending. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Larry Taylor's was better. <laughs> I have a lot of good jokes. Like, I've got a little book that I just write them down in. Oh, uh, see. I, uh, I had a full little routine, but it's not appropriate for here. <laughs> um, it's more from my ski instructor days. Um, and it plays very well that I work in a body shop. So there those jokes play well there as well. Um, yeah. But on, on a different kind of chat one day, maybe. <laughs> I, uh, I did have a joke the other day, which I have an extremely dark sense of humor. Um, so, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Trauma does some weird stuff. Uh, but... I, I tested the joke on my wife, and that was the first time we've been married. We've been together almost ten years, married uh, six. But that was the first time she was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'll t- I'll tell the joke later when we're off recording because <laughs> it, it really is terrible. But I did get a laugh out of it. Um, I've uh, I've got a friend who's a paramedic dispatcher, and their their humor. It's dark. It's worse, it's worse than like so. kitchen humor and restaurant like, humor. Like, yeah, like yeah. body shop humor can get dark and dirty. And then I went out with this girl, and she told me a joke. Once. So I was like, "Oh, I loved it. Don't get me wrong, but it just still shocked me <laughs> coming from her." And I'm like, "Wow!" I'm like, "That's awesome. Keep them coming." But like, I thought you were here, and you're really here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was an eye opener, but it, it makes a lot of sense, man. Like when you get a text message one day after saying, "Hey, how you doing?" Oh, not bad. There were only three stabbings and one shooting today. Two of them lived. The other two, well, we tried. You know, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, you do have to sort of compartmentalize it, like. Yeah. And I say it at work because you know people getting in car accidents that sucks. It sucks to get in a car accident. I've had to stop caring about every customer that comes in because there's yeah. just too many people who can't drive. And uh, I I don't have enough in me to care for every single person. Uh, a friend of mine was a uh, nurse tech in the trauma center at one of our country's biggest trauma hospitals. And Jesus. yeah, <laughs> the stuff like he'd be like, oh, no, that was a light story. Like, That's one of the worst things I've heard. How is that a light story? Yeah, That's no, not for, me. not for me. Not for me. There's a reason I chose to study English when I went to university. <laughs> because I don't like blood. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> if it's required, like if it's mine or my kids, I'll deal with it. But anyone else's, I'm, I'm, I can't do scary movies that are gory. I can't do CSI. Uh, See, so yeah, I got no problem with that because I know that's not real. But like when Parker lost her first tooth, I forgot how much blood's associated with, with losing teeth. <laughs> And she's like, Dad, I think a piece of my tooth fell off. And I'm like, oh, let me see. And she comes walking over and she's talking. And I was like, oh. And she caught the look for like the brief half second it was on my face. And she saw it. And she was like, what? What's wrong? I'm like, no, honey. You lost your whole tooth. This is awesome. Let's just go upstairs real quick to the bathroom. 
Of course, <laughs> she runs ahead of me right to the mirror. Thank God it stops as quick as it does. But yeah. for a brief second there, we almost had a meltdown. I'm like, this is all on me if this goes south. Yep, I it's totally a, forgot. But that said, I've like been you, ready for the next next two. Yeah, right. It's like lost. you were uh, you were running a, a child fight club. That's what it probably looks like. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of... I, is that a thing a in Canada? Pardon? Is that a thing in Canada? Do you have children fight clubs? Of course. Yeah, how do you think they prepare for the hockey? That's what I was going to say. Like, I know you guys have hockey. And, like, I was just going to say, we week. call it hockey. Um, <laughs> they, they've actually, hitting is not permitted in hockey up till a certain age now. Um, oh. I, I don't know what age it is. I never played organized hockey. I skied in the winters. Because um, you've got a couple of choices of what you can do in the winter other than sit inside. Um, and I chose skiing because, and my dad said that my reasoning was, I asked, when do we have to get up for hockey? He says, well, like some days you'll be getting up at four in the morning. I said, no. oh, okay, <laughs> when do we have to get up for skiing? He said, well, an hour before we want to go skiing. And I'm like, oh, so whenever we want, he's like, yeah, I'm like, let's ski. So I chose <laughs> skiing. Both, both sports are equally expensive, so it's not like it was saving my parents any money because skiing is freaking expensive. Um, and this was even back in the 80s, it was expensive. Like, I didn't get new skis until I bought them when I was 17, and that's because I was going to be an instructor. So I'm like, hey, I can't be showing up on, you know, not only are they used skis, they were used when I got them skis, you know, like, because <laughs> as, as you say in the car business, all parts are used. Once they've been on a car, they're used. Yeah. If you have a brand new car and you've driven it off a lot, that is now a used part. Um, and skis are like that, right? So I, that was when I had my first, and I rode those skis for a solid 10 years before I got another pair. God. Oh, wow. Talking yeah. about hitting in hockey reminded me, a friend of mine, when her son was, Seven, eight, did lacrosse, right? And yeah. when you get to that age, you can play lacrosse, and you can hit, but you're only supposed to hit to knock the ball out of the other guy's, you know, stick. Yeah. Mitt, right. The kids nope. heard them say you can hit. <laughs> so first game, two teams line up, ball goes, they go, and they just go whacking at each other, right? It's just oh. complete battle royale, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. And I had to... The, the, the ref goes out and he's trying to stop them, some of the, the coaches and eventually some of the parents are trying to stop them. And for the first 20 seconds, she said, the teams held together and we're team on team. And then one of the teammates said another teammate and it went free for all for oh. a couple of minutes until one I've been of the hit dads got hit. And it's not fun. Yeah. yeah, so one of the dads got they hit hurt. and cursed, and the <clears> kids stopped, and the rest of the kids kind of died. <laughs> I had to explain high lie to a friend the other day, and it like they're like, why does this sport exist? Um, so if you Reasons. don't know about high lie, uh, you have a ball that's like a little bit bigger than a tennis ball that's basically like as hard as stone, and it's kind of looks like a like the top of a lacrosse stick uh, except it doesn't have the whole staff and the ball goes like up to 180 something freedom units per hour yeah um, <laughs> i, I vaguely I, know what you're talking about and i think you have a mouth guard and that's about the protection you get oh uh, 
I played one roller hockey game where I forgot my mouth guard in the dressing room. I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. First shift, I had a puck ring off my helmet, and I said, nope, um, ref, I need I need to go get my mouth guard here. Uh, <laughs> said, I know it was up here, but that, that was too close. That was too close. Six inches lower, and I'm, I'm a whole ton of chiclets less. Yeah. So, uh, everyone, welcome to another episode of As Dad As It Gets, uh, the podcast where we keep Dennis in business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Larry, and with me, as always, are my best buds, Tom and John. Uh, David's on dad duty. and yes. he got fired. Again. <laughs> he did get fired. <laughs> so, today's guest is a dad who's a full-time dad, a full-time worker. Um, when he when he isn't taking care of his daughter, he's doing what pretty much any parent should do, and that's preparing for <laughs> to take care of his daughter. Uh, everybody, welcome Taylor. How you doing, guys? Yeah. Woo! I need a little more enthusiasm here. <laughs> Woo! I mean, I can. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I'm gonna have to edit in some claps. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to clap too loud, or I'll just like deafen everybody. So I'm like, I'm like that's okay. Yeah, do, golf do clap. Little, little golf. There we go. Yeah. So, um, Taylor, why don't you go ahead and uh, just give us kind of your walk through to you becoming a dad, um, and and what that was like for you. I was, I'm, I guess, technically an older dad. Um, I'm an only child. I always thought, uh, I always knew, my parents were like the old parents of all my friends' parents. Um, they waited until they were 30 and 31 to have me, which being born in 1978, that was stuff that didn't happen. Um, most of my parents' friends are five, six years younger than my folks. So I had my daughter at 39. Uh, my ex-wife and I had always said we wanted to be more or less financially stable. We wanted to know what we were doing, not be bouncing around job to job. And preferably we wanted to have our own home, not be in a condo or, or an apartment or something like that. We wanted to have space. Um, so I always wanted kids. Originally it was like, I want two, boy and a girl. Always wanted the boy to be a little bit older. That way he could protect his little sister. But also when they got up to dating age, he could date her cute friends. Um, but <laughs> as I got older, I was like, you know what? I'm an only child and, and I had it pretty good. Um, we can definitely, what we can do for one kid, you can't do for two, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Right. So I was like, Hey, I was totally cool with one. My mom's also an only child. So then it became kind of this new thing. Um, that now <laughs> I'm, my daughter's a third generation only child on my side of the family. Um, but yeah, my, my ex-wife had wanted a bunch of kids too. But again, we were both smart about it, and it was if we could afford it. And if we were ma- both making you know, $300,000 a year, let's have six kids. Um, yeah. We're one of us making 50000 a year and the other making 25000 a year. Well, maybe one's the way to go. But we did it. 
as far as we were concerned in the right order. You know, we got we got married. We made sure we had the new family car. And after that, we started finding the home. Mm-hmm. The day we found the house that we wound up buying was the day we found out that my ex-wife was pregnant. Oh, wow. Um, so it was kind of neat. The house that we found was a dream home for me because it was in uh, my neighborhood that I grew up in. And I'd actually seen it be built and it had a balcony. And for some reason, having a balcony on a house I just thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So everything just sort of seemed neat about that. Um, the two rooms that weren't the master bedroom, the two spare bedrooms at the time, were both painted in colors that could do for a boy, but were more appropriate for a girl. And then it turned out we were having a girl. So I'm like, hey, I don't even have to repaint. Um, the pregnancy was absolutely amazing. Uh, my ex-wife had no issues, um, really whatsoever. Um, she had a little bit of indigestion and heartburn, but other than that, it was nothing. Um, everybody I know that we knew that had had kids were like, no, this isn't fair. Um, how is it so easy for you? Um, she ate like a champ. I started a whole photo album called, um, Melissa and Food. <laughs> um, I'm not the show listen to this, but um, I, and it was it was great fun. We had a shirt that had speech bubbles on it, one coming from her that said "I'm hungry" and one coming from her belly button that said "Me too." Um, but but she also totally agreed with it too. She's like, "Yeah, man, I mean, she made French toast one night, like a whole loaf of bread into French toast, and I got four pieces, and there were no leftovers." But like this, this went on. Um, but like, like, no, she was a, she was a champ about it. There were no issues. Um, she had, that's not true. She had two fainting spells. Both were on extremely hot days where we'd gone from being in the air conditioned car for like an extended drive, got out and she just got a little too much too fast. That's scary. Um, both yeah. times took her to the hospital. She was checked out. Nothing wrong. Essentially the second time she was like, I don't even want to go to the hospital. It's the same thing that happened last time. Those were our only two incidents. Um, the day my daughter was born, she'd been having back pain for a few days and it had a massage the night before. And apparently the massage sped things up one o'clock in the morning. She's pacing the bedroom. I'm like, what's up, honey? Are you okay? She's like, oh, my back just hurting. Five o'clock in the morning. She wakes me up by grabbing my ankles from the end of the bed, which I will never forget because that is the weirdest way you can ever be woken up. Yeah, I, I almost shot through the ceiling. I said, are we going? And she said, I think so, but I'm going to take a shower first. And I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, go back to sleep just in case these are false contractions and you have to go to work. Okay, consider it. Nice, but there's no way I'm going back to sleep. She hops in the shower. 20 minutes later, I hear, I don't know what kind of noise, but it's a banging noise. And I go running in there and I'm like, honey, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I just dropped the razor. I was shaving. I figured people are going to be looking at me today. (laughs) Like, Like I said, champ. Um, total champ. <laughs> Everything was great. We left home at six. We were checked into the hospital at six thirty-one in the morning. Um, they got us into a room right away, and my daughter was born at eleven twelve a.m. Oh wow! Whoa. Like we are talking. Once once they were like, okay, we're gonna start pushing now. It was about fifteen minutes, maybe. Oh, I can um, see why people are mad at you. Loved the epidural. <laughs> Um, said that was amazing. Uh, then my daughter was born. It was the most, I've never felt that kind of feeling for anything in any way, shape or form with the way that I felt love for my daughter that day. 
Yeah. And it was, I spent the next three years essentially almost every day going, I can't believe I'm a dad. <laughs> like literally it was, it was three years. Yeah. And around the three year mark, a lot of stuff happened there. Um, the separation and everything sort of happened at the same time. COVID hit at that point in time. So that was a massive shift. So yeah, the first three years of my daughter's life, and again, I was clueless to any, um, I shouldn't say again because I haven't mentioned this yet, I was clueless to my wife not being happy. Mm. Um, really caught me off guard. I knew we had some issues. Um, when COVID hit, I was actually excited to get laid off from work because I thought it was going to give us a chance to work on our stuff. Um, instead, it gave us a chance to have one conversation that led to we're done. Um but yeah, for those first three years, I was really every day was like, I can't believe my dad. Oh my god, everything is so new. It, was, it was, went by so fast, but took forever. Mm -hmm. um, it yeah. was it was insane. But becoming a dad, and specifically Parker's dad, is probably like it. It'll go down as my greatest achievement. Yeah, great. I'm the only one who's ever done four and a half laps underwater in my parents' pool. But like this kid, <laughs> like does. she could go flip burgers at McDonald's for the rest of her life, and she'll still be the greatest thing I ever was a part of. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So for the the separation, um, like, how did you you handle those those struggles from adjusting from having someone there to to help you with your daughter to to being kind of a a full time alone parent um, raising your daughter when it was here? Um, it was it was rough because. When it started, when I first found out, so she got laid off um, a month before me, like literally exactly a month, um, because we got the city locked down for COVID. Yeah. Um, then I got laid off the following month, and then literally a month to the day of me getting laid off was the day that I found out that she was no longer in love with me and that there was somebody else um, who happened to live 800 kilometers away. So instantly my thought is, uh, I'm going to wake up in the morning and they're going to be gone. Um, so that I, I went to worst case scenarios right away, right away was that she's got an escape plan. I've triggered it. I'm going to wake up and her and my daughter are gonzo. Legally that can't happen, but Hey, we've all seen the movies and the TV shows and read the yeah. news and heard crazy stuff. And at this point in time, I'm in such shock and disbelief of what's happening that I don't know who I am who my ex-wife is anymore, like, what's real, what's not. Like, there, there were days where I, I questioned my own sanity. Like, was was she ever in love? Like, I went to some dark places. Um, I, I joke with friends that there were days where, like, my, my garage floor was covered with, like, just puddles of, of snot and tears. Um, and it, it's not far from an exaggeration. It was, it was bad. And I needed something to do because now I'm laid off. And she doesn't have enough money on her own to, to get out of here and or get lawyers or any of this stuff involved. I don't on my own either. Um, fortunately, my parents are here and, and they I'm an only child. So, yay. Um, you know, that, that helps. Um, so we did mediation to start with. And again, I Canadian up here, right? So mediation and the legal system is obviously different around the world. Right. But the basic basics of mediation is you're getting someone who is a lawyer, but is working with both of you to avoid having to go to courts and get into the big money. Mm -hmm. So essentially we sat down and, and the mediator was pretty good. Um, looking back in hindsight, like I broke down in her office one day because she starts out with like, what's your worst fear? And like, I just blurted out, never seen my daughter. And like, I'm a mess. 
and just bawling in the office about it. Um, it was tense. It got to the point where, like, my ex and I had to be in separate rooms during mediation because she'd say something. I just be like, dude, you were trying to take my daughter. Um, all I've been doing for 14 years with you is trying to give us a better life, working as much as I can, you know, helping out with this, whatever, right? Like, and just what I felt was busting my ass, but I guess I wasn't doing it in the right ways for her. Um, but whatever, right? Like, I, I try to be blunt and as factual about the separation as possible, and I will never say that I'm, I'm guilt-free in all this. I obviously was doing something or not doing something that drove her to find what I was or wasn't doing somewhere else. Right. Um, whether that's fair to me or not, who knows? Um, but yeah, the mediation was good. So it, it comes out with a plan on how you're going to deal with it because again, Parker was three, so she, she was very young. Um, and normally at that point in time, like they, it's all about the kid with mediation and even with the court systems here, it's what's best for the kids. And I'm pretty sure most of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did what's called nesting. So essentially that's my ex-wife and I were going to start living separately, but our daughter would stay in our matrimonial home the whole time. And my ex-wife would be here for a week and I'd be out of the house. Oh. And then I'd be here for a week and my ex-wife would be out of the house. So that brought its own set of issues. Like, where do I go? Well, fortunately I've got my parents um, I still live in the town I was born and raised in, and I've got buddies all over town. So I had enough of that, but it's still a pain in the butt. And again, I'm yeah. still laid off. So what do I do all day? I got nothing to do. You know, is if I'm not with my daughter, I got nothing. The weeks I was in the house and my daughter being laid off were amazing. We played all day. We had nothing to do. The parks were empty. You know, life, life was great. Um, but that wasn't going to last, and I knew I needed to get back to work. And I couldn't keep up with my daughter, so I started working out. And that was good for a bunch of reasons. It got me healthier, got me in shape. I could keep up with Parker. Um, it gave me a place for my anger. Yeah. Um, it was my therapy. Um, in two, and this was even before we started the nesting. I got into the working out, and I dropped like 31 pounds in two and a half months. Wow. Um, I put on 12 of those since, but hey. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you knew to use pounds and yes. I meant to have I, like a whole conversion thing ready. So I, that... I couldn't tell you what I weigh in kilograms and it drives me nuts. My driver's license is in centimeters because my height, I've always said in feet, um, huh. yeah, not even meters, like centimeters. It's so weird. They just wanted to put the biggest number they could on it for height, I guess. So 185 <laughs> is bigger than 511. Yeah, it yeah, makes, it makes you feel better because yeah, yeah. look how small <laughs> you are. Big. No, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was so. So mediation was good. We did the the living apart, and then obviously the lawyers had to get involved. Uh, my ex wanted my daughter to go to her new town with with her and her boyfriend and his kid, and I didn't want my daughter moving out of my house yeah. and her hometown where she was born. So I left out. My parents backed me. Um, they provided all the financial assistance I need. Lawyers got involved. It went back and forth. It was ugly. Um, for 40-some weeks, I had to drive three and a half hours each way to either drop off or pick up my daughter at a halfway meeting point between our two cities. Oh, no. Um, so the drives home from this meeting point with my daughter were great. The drives home when I dropped her off and wasn't going to see her for a week were brutal. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was really weird. 
Um, and my ex-wife and I, like, there was, there was still at this point in time, this is now, when we started these drives, it was about seven months after I had heard the words, I'm no longer in love with you. Mm. So that's all pretty fast, um, if you ask me. Um, Then there was a children's lawyer that was involved, so that one comes out and speaks with our daughters, sees how our daughter interacts with me, with the ex in different settings, um, talks to other people that are involved and whatnot, and it essentially came down for custody to the children's lawyer making the decision. Because I wasn't moving. My ex-wife had stated that she wasn't leaving her town. So the children's lawyer made the decision and decided that based on everything, um, staying here with me was the way it should be. So I was given custody. My ex-wife could see our daughter every other weekend if I was given, I can't remember what the notice was, but she could see her every other weekend in Ottawa. Um, And we would split the major holidays. But essentially I had full custody. Two days after that, my ex-wife announced that she's moving back to town. So I wound up in full custody for about six or seven weeks, um, which I'll still take that as a win. Um, it, it, to me, it proves that the court systems are coming around. Um, Canada's definitely nowhere near as bad as, as some other places. Like I know there's a lot of states that are still mothers first, um, yep. or at least mothers first, even if it's not official, um, yeah. no matter how bad the situation is. And... As, as a mother, my ex-wife's a great one. We've, we've learned to, since she's moved back to town, and finally, um, so like I said, I had custody for about, full custody for about seven weeks, because she only had an, an Airbnb at the time, so it wasn't technically suitable to raise a child, because our daughter wouldn't have had her own room. Once she got a, a place that she started renting that had everything they needed, they got a three-bedroom townhome, um, life's all good, she's like a block and a half, two blocks away. Oh. Um, right across from our daughter's school, you know, so like it's perfect. Um, it was tense at first because there was still some anger there. Like, why did you put me all through this for you just to move right back here? You know, why, why couldn't you have just gotten a place here from the start? So we didn't need the lawyers for all of this stuff. Um, because that's not cheap. Even in Canadian no. dollars, that's not cheap. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of maple syrup. <laughs> it is a dude. It's a lifetime supply for me, you and all your yeah. family members. Um, like it's, it's a lot. Um, so we've learned to co-parent really well. Um, I still have some resentment. I, I think I always will. And at the end of the day, I feel that's my right. Yeah. Um, but I don't let it, I don't let it guide me. You know what I mean? It's not right. why I do stuff because I resent her in any way. No, I do resent her. I feel I was treated poorly. It is what it is. It's my prerogative, but my daughter's what's important, and we make that work. The weeks that Parker's with me, my ex-wife gets to see her for a half hour every day. The weeks that Parker's with her, I get to see her for a half hour every day. The only day we don't have that is on our handoff day on Sunday because, well, handoff's at 5 o'clock, so we're getting from 5 o'clock till bedtime if you're the one getting the daughter, and if you're handing her off, well, you've had her all day. Right. So yeah, that's a handoff now instead of being a seven hour to nine hour ordeal, depending on stops in the car, is now a five minute drive. That's a lot more so it's, oh, that yeah. that does sound like a really good system. Um, and so for your your resentment, um, how do you handle that in front of your daughter? Because like I know one thing, especially with foster parenting, um, the one thing we never wanted to do was to show any 
emotions or feelings towards the parents or what they've done because the child might think, Hey, that, you know, these, these parents are a part of me. They're rejecting my parents. So they might be rejecting me. Um, how do you handle that with, uh, in front of Parker? I do my best. Um, I'm not going to win dad of the year (laughs) or parent of the year any day soon. Um, but I do my best. Um, like I say, I'm never perfect, but I try. Um, it happens now and then. Yeah. Um, It happens, man. We, my ex and I were together for 14 and a half years, married for five and a half. Uh, we know how to push each other's buttons, you know, (laughs) and it can be something as simple as just a sound, (laughs) you know, like it can be that simple and we know how to do it. And it happens, and I've 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 snapped sometimes, and I've blurted stuff out that I definitely should not have said in front of my daughter. And then I've had a conversation with my daughter of why what I said was wrong, why saying it in front of her was wrong, why that was something I should have said in a more polite way to her mother at a later time, and that I will do my best not to do it again. Um, I'm human, man. I'm human. I, th- I think as as long as you're trying, mm-hmm. that that's what uh, qualifies you for Dad of the Year. Well, that's, because, uh, well, thank you. Um, and, and that's it, right? Like, I, I've heard people refer to parents with 50-50 custody as part-time parents, and, and like, that sucks. That's horrible. I, yeah. I hate hearing that. Um, I personally have never had anyone truly say it to yeah. me. Um, I've had some make a, a comment in passing similar to it. But I know other people who've had that, and, like, that's, that's garbage. Because the week my daughter's here, it's, it's 120% all about her. And the week she's not here, it's 120% getting the house ready for her to be back here again. Yeah. Um, like, like I said before, like I do dishes when they need to be done when she's here. If they don't need to be done the whole week she's here, the day she goes back to her mother's place for her week there, um, I do every single dish that's dirty. You know, I if, if it doesn't need to be cleaned up while she's here because it's going to take 10 minutes away from us doing something fun, it's going to wait till the week she's not here. I work Monday to Friday, 8 to 5. So essentially, on school days, we have from about 5.15 p.m. until around 8 when we're in bed for bedtime um, to do stuff. So less than three hours. And yeah. some of that, a half hour to 45 minutes, is generally the commute from me going to get her and bringing her home to my parents' place. Um, as she gets older in school, that'll be different, obviously, when she's able to come home. And summertime gives us more time because, well, it's summer. She can stay up late if she wants. Um, but again, I still work Monday to Friday, eight to five. Right. So, you know, when she's here, I do everything I can that we, we don't stop, but then I still try and force us to have some, let's just sit down and watch TV time for those memories too. Cause you know, I sitting on the couch watching, I used to watch movies with my parents all the time. Um, they were probably the reason I have such a movie problem and, and took it way further than them. They enjoyed movies and I loved movies, you know, like. But yeah, and, and Parker and I watch a lot of TV, but in healthy doses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we like to watch TV to go to sleep, so it's either like animated Star Wars or any Star Wars, really. Um, yes. Bluey's good for her going to bed because she's seen every episode, so she can picture them in her head when she closes mm-hmm. her eyes, uh, which is an easy way to get her to sleep. And while swimming, I just take her for a good swim before bed. Um, but again, we have limited time, so it's... Yeah, it's a full-time parent. Plus, I, I don't love her any less when she's not here. I love her just right. as much whether she's here or not. Um, and that doesn't change. And again, my ex and I have the good setup where we do see our daughter literally every day. The odd times that happens is if Parker happens to have a really exhausting day and passes out before the visit happens. 
Um, and then the next visit's a little bit longer. So I don't know a lot of parents with 50-50 custody who have that kind of a setup. And again, it's great because we do live mm-hmm. so close. How, how does uh, the uh, half an hour work? Do you actually physically get to see her or is it like, okay. Yeah. That That's a holdover from the um, initial separation when my ex was had moved out and was living out of town officially and my daughter was going there. We did a half hour video call every day, generally before okay. bedtime. So they were almost religiously every day at 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Um, and it was just a little half hour chat. Hey, how was your day? Blah, blah, blah. Because up until then, both of us had seen our daughter every single day, you know, until we started the whole nesting thing. So it was for that. Plus I was, um, she moved into her boyfriend's place right away. And I, as I think any father would raise the whole, I don't know mm-hmm. this guy. My daughter's yeah. living in some stranger's house and it's nothing against him. Um, other than the fact that, well, he took my wife, <laughs> but like, like, I don't know him as a dad. I'm not judging his, his dad's ability, his dad ability or anything like that, or his parenting abilities. Um, but I just don't know the dude. And this dude's now going to be in the same house as my daughter every day. You want to make sure everything is good. Which to me, not cool. So yeah. these visits are a holdover from that. Um, they can, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes they can get a little annoying. Uh, because sometimes the timing doesn't work out. Um, sometimes I wait around. You know, I'll get home from work and be like, okay, we normally do it at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock rolls around and she's asleep. Oh, I've been sitting here. I avoided doing this, this, and this because those were two-hour things. And if I got into them, I couldn't stop. And then I might miss the visit. You know what I mean? It's like it can get frustrating in that way. And I'm sure as my daughter gets older, um, she may want to drop them a little bit. I try on the weeks that she's with me, I pick her up in my parents' place and generally drop her off at my ex-wife's house um, right away on the way home. That way we get it out of the way. Not not in a mean way, but just that way, once we're home, we're home, and whatever we want to do will not get interrupted. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. When, it's, when it's her week with my ex-wife, I let her call the shots. It's her week with her, it's her parenting time. Um, we're trying to work something out now where I'll get to come home because it's summertime, so they can do everything a little bit later. They can eat later, not rush to have dinner done or stuff like that. So I'm trying to work out again, so we're trying to work out a thing where I can come home right after work, have my 45-minute workout session, and then go over around 6, 6.30 kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm sure one day my daughter will want to stop with this like, Dad, it's my week with you, and I'll see mom next week. Um, As she gets older, yeah. she can have that more her own opinion on it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they take the kid's opinion into into account as much as they can at, at mm-hmm. certain ages, obviously. Um, I think when she's 12, it is here in Canada, she can decide if she wants to live with one parent okay. or the other. Um, so I think it's 14 in Tennessee, 14. Or yeah. I want to say it's 12 up here in Canada. I think it's 16 in Georgia. Now, yes. do the years in Canada work the same <laughs> as they do? Yes, yes. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not. But they have better health. Preserve us. The maple syrup helps preserve us a little better, so we don't age yeah. as fast. Okay. What about uh, brambleberry syrup? Um, what? There's only one kind of syrup, okay, and it's maple. <laughs> it ignores us. Oh. Anything yeah. else is a runny jam. Okay, it's just, that's they, just a runny jam. They uh my, my local supermarket sells uh maple syrup that's like made with bourbon. 
It is the best thing ever. See, there's nothing wrong with adding alcohol. <laughs> it's not even it's like it's just the bourbon flavor. It's, there's no alcohol in it. It's just oh, the well, flavor that's, of bourbon. That's just cheese, then. No, I mean it's it's amazing, especially that's on like French toast. Shop without a front window. Is that, is that like kid friendly or I still don't think you want to give that to your three year old. I don't know. I don't. I don't give it to my daughter. That because mainly because it's expensive. See, we actually uh, put maple syrup in our liquor up here instead of liquor into our maple syrup. We put the maple syrup in the liquor. In America, oh, we try to hide past. it. Uh, so with um how did you and your your ex-wife get parker adjusted to uh the separation was was it difficult did you notice any changes in her behavior or anything like that definitely but again when it first started she was three so she was turning into a teenager anyway (laughs) um What I definitely started noticing, and my parents definitely started noticing, because they're very involved in Parker's life. Like I said, they on school days, they're up here at 7.30 in the morning, so I can go to work, and they take her to school. They pick her up and watch her until I'm done work. Um, what we started noticing was that, obviously, my ex-wife and I had two different parenting styles. Mm-hmm. Because when my daughter would come home from her week, with, and, and I'm sure my, wife, my ex-wife will say the same thing, um, when she'd come home from her week with her mother, there were certain habits or things that we felt like we had to work on to get rid of. And I'm sure because we were trying to, let's say, train these things out of her, when she'd go back to her mother's, her mother would probably say the same thing, like, oh, this is so what your dad does. So I'm sure we were sort of counteractive on that. Um, But again, at that time, we were both still fighting for full custody. Right. So um, I felt I was always just putting Parker's best interest at heart. Um, and that was my driving factor and, and whether or not I was, I guess someone else would have to say, because I truly believe that's what mm-hmm. I was doing. Um, I feel since I was given the full custody and the children's lawyer actually took a moment to say at one point, like she stopped the whole proceedings to commend me on how I had behaved during all this and how I'd acted and carried myself, which that's something that I, I again, take as a very, mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. Um, this I is a big freaking deal. We were talking about the future. Yeah, that's, that's the win. Right. Um, yeah, that's so that's for, the, for the children's lawyer. Yeah, like she stopped the Zoom calls and, and like the Zoom video chat we were doing. And said, "I want to take a moment to tell Taylor, blah 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 blah." And I was like, "That's amazing." Um, but yeah, it's it's been weird. It's been learning curve for both of us, um, obviously, and all three of us, really, even my daughter. And there's things like um, even now where I'm like, "No, honey, you know I don't like that. You, you do that with your mother. That's fine." And I'm sure that's hard on her. Like, oh, I can act this way here, but I got to act this way here. But all in all, 99% of the time, she is this sweet little, awesome, caring little kid that she's always been. Um, I think she's adapted really well to it. I think her mother and I have done very well um, to not cause any issues. You know what I mean? Um, Right now, I've got friends up visiting from Brazil. They have an 11 year old daughter that my daughter's been video corresponding with off and on for a couple of years. They get along amazing. They swim together. Um, the other night, I wanted to surprise Parker for my visit with a swim with them up here at my house. So I had my parents and, and our friends get up here at 5 30, and I arranged with my ex wife that I would pick my daughter up at six, and instead of a half hour visit, we'd have an hour. Because again, she's five minutes down the street. 
Yeah. So Parker and I rushed here. She threw her bathing suit on. Had no idea they were here. Just thought we were going swimming for half an hour, so we had to be fast. And she walked out there still talking to me, and then she saw them and, like, lost her mind. And then I drove her home while she was wearing her bathing suit and a towel um, because, like, we maximized our, our hour that we had. <laughs> um, my father's birthday was on Canada Day, and so that's a big deal, obviously, because it's my dad's birthday, plus it's Canada Day. So we're always off. It's a holiday. It was a Saturday this year, so I was off anyway. But that was time with her time with her mother. I got her for two hours on that day, and then to make up for that, I took her back early on a Sunday. Um, to make up for it, instead of taking her back at five, I took her back at three. That way, we get our time. Um, my daughter and mother and I are going to Hawaii for two weeks in October, um, so she'll be with me for two weeks. We're going to attempt to do the video calls, but there's a six-hour time change, so yeah. they may or may not happen. Um, we're going to try as many as we can, um, but for the two weeks before that, my ex-wife will have my daughter for the two weeks. So yeah. we're trying to make it as easy as possible. Um, trying to balance the skills, essentially. Yeah, we definitely spoiled our daughter and created a lot of problems, I think, for ourselves in this yeah. because um, you want her, whether it's conscious or subconscious, you want her to love you more at that point in time when you're going through separation, mm. right? Like, yeah. Yeah, you know especially the boys, then. Like, yeah, it's, it's a weird time. So there was definitely some spoiling going on on both sides. Um, I've tried to rein it in as best as I can on my end. Um. I can't truly comment on my ex-wife because literally we talk about our daughter and, and that's it, more or less. We don't get into a whole too much of, oh, what new toys did you buy her this week? It's just, hey, how's she doing, blah, 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 Anything I need right. to know. Is she sick? She got a, a skin condition, you know? she got a cut I need to know about? We, we try and keep it to that. We're friendly. We'll, we'll do small talk, but we don't delve into stuff. You're, you're more business, Not my place right? anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's what it is. It's... It avoids the resentment coming out. You know, I don't want to hear she's dating new people or stuff like that, no matter how long it's going to be, because it's still going to bring up the thoughts. And I'm sure she doesn't care to hear about me, probably because she's over me, um, you know, and has been for a while. So, like, for different reasons, but same deal. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, Parker's the, the number one thing. We, we put her first and foremost and do our best. A lot of the times our visits are at the park and we'll both be there, so we play with her. Um, I'm sure in a way that creates a little bit of confusion for Parker in the sense of how can they get along so well? And like, we'll be out there yeah. kicking a soccer ball around, goofing around, throwing hip checks. You know what I mean? Like we're friendly enough with each other again for Parker. I'm sure behind closed door, my ex-wife would prefer never to have to see me again. <laughs> I'm okay with that. There's a reason we're not married. <laughs> you know, there's a reason we are, we are exes. I'm okay with that. Come to terms with it. So, it's like I, I've done uh, a lot of reading uh, leading up to this episode just on separation and stuff like that. So, like, the research pretty much shows that that um, parental divorce and separation is associated with increased risk of child and adolescent adjustments, uh, including academic difficulties, disruptive behaviors, and depressed moods. And... In that same article that I read, uh, it, it gave things on how to combat it, um, and pretty pretty much you're doing everything right in the books, according to someone I, on the internet. I read a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I read a lot of stuff when this all started on on all sorts of different topics um, because I never planned on this. Right. Um, I my my ex wife and I always joked that we were only getting married once. Like, we're only doing this once. So like, when we're planning our wedding, we're only doing this once. Let's do it right. 
And even even on our wedding days, we were standing up in front. I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm only doing this once. <laughs> I should have stipulated that I was only doing this once without getting divorced. Um, that might have saved me some money and some troubles. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, no, I did a lot of reading on, on divorce, on the on its effects on everybody involved, on how to deal with children after a divorce, what things to sort of look for. I've forgotten most of it by now um, because I realized that everything is different and every situation is different. And yeah. My mom keeps telling me I'm doing a good job, and I don't think I turned out too bad, so I feel she knows what she's doing and what she's saying. Um, but no, I, I get a lot of people saying, hey, you're doing something right. And I feel I am because people keep telling me how awesome my daughter is, um, how polite she is, how nice she is. Her report cards are glowing. Always good. Um, they yeah. recommended her for like extra reading and stuff like that because she's a little bit sticking it up good. She's going into French immersion next year because she really took to that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I must be doing something right somewhere, but at, at the end of the day, I'm always going to worry that I'm not, but I think that's what makes a good dad. If, yeah. Yeah. So, I always said when I taught skiing that if, if you stop learning, um, you should stop skiing. And I think if you stop trying to be a good dad, then like maybe you shouldn't have been one to start with. Um, as long as you're trying, you're a good dad. If you're not trying, then yeah, you're not you're a good putting dad. putting the effort and the hours to be better and be be there for your kids, I'd say that's, that's a good thing. That's like 90% yeah, just, just of it. Trying. Yeah. yeah. And like at the, at the start, maybe I wasn't as into it as I should have been. Um, but again, I was working more to make sure we could afford everything that we had, the new house, which definitely was not cheap. And was probably a little more than we should have gone for. Um, but at the same time, it gave us the space that we wanted. Um, and so I was working a lot. Um, I was dead tired from that, but also my daughter's an infant. She needs mommy way more than daddy at this point in time. And my daughter, Parker would not go to sleep with me. Once she was asleep, if she woke up, I could get her back to sleep, but the initial falling asleep wouldn't happen with me. Um, so I didn't really start getting like bedtime snuggles until she was like a year and change. And then really I started getting the good ones once the separation happened to the point that every night still when Parker goes to bed, I cuddle her. Um, I, I cuddle her to sleep every night in bed watching TV. And half the nights I pass out with her. That's why we had to do this on a night where I didn't have her because there was a good chance I'd be asleep right now with her. Um, <laughs> this, this, it happens a lot. Hey, it's, it, it's 8, it's 8.30. I've worked all day. I played with her until just now when we got in bed and we're putting on something I've probably seen a hundred times. It's a perfect <laughs> storm for falling asleep at eight o'clock. Um, I love doing that, just falling yeah. asleep to something that you know so well. The only problem is I wake up at 10 and I'm so well rested that I'm like, oh, great. Now we're up till three. <laughs> but, but just yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. No, she, she sleeps. Oh. She sleeps brilliantly. Once she's out, like, I, I got to pick her up in the middle of the night, take her to the washroom for a quick tactical wee, and then drop her in her bed. And most nights she's not awake enough at any point in time to even say she loves me or good night, dad. It's, <laughs> it's, she snores through half of it. It's great. Yeah. So she you, when she's older, she'll hate me, but it's oh, great. <laughs> for when you're, uh, when you were going through the separation and looking up everything, what did you find any good resources uh, that, can potentially help anybody else going through this? Off the top of my head, um, none that I can really think of. I focused on a lot of sort of the local um, 
ones, but a lot of stuff I just did was I read a lot of research. Um, research was what I gravitated to, not anyone to call other than obviously for legal advice. Right. Um, but even then, a lot of that was just word of mouth and Google reviews and things like that. Um, hey, this guy did great for this, or this guy didn't, blah, blah, blah. As far as dealing with separation, its effects on everybody, or things like that, um, really, I just went with the research. Hey, I just read three different articles um, by these four different doctors that all say pretty much the same mm -hmm. thing. So maybe this is the way I should go. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if four out of four doctors are saying, hey, don't do this, I'm going to try not to do that. Um, so really, it was, just, it was just a lot of research that I read. Um, and I'm not the most, I'm good with computers, but like, I can't sit there and build one or I'm not a big gamer <laughs> or anything like that. Video games on, on a computer confuse me. I need a controller in my hand. I don't understand how people do stuff with buttons. doesn't make sense. But like I just typed in like what to expect from separation. Basic, basic stuff. And just went from there. Sometimes you go down the wrong rabbit hole. Sometimes you go down one that wins. You know, it's, uh, well, yeah. I know, I know and, and uh, I've heard of this group before for the United States. There is a, uh, a group called Father's Rights Movement, and they help a lot with... Uh, with dads who are fighting for rights of their children, you know, parental rights and yeah. stuff like that. Um, they do offer a lot of good resources. So if anybody's going through that in the United States, um, there are, good there are things like that up here in Canada. There's lots of free stuff too. Um, Everything's free know, a, buddy, a buddy of mine's yeah. a minister, um, a buddy of mine's a minister. And he was I, actually, he did, he was one of the two ministers we had at our wedding. Um, I've known him since I was born. He's a year older than me. But when he found out we were separated and whatnot, he started, checking in regularly and paying attention to how it was going for me um, because of the fact that he works with a lot of men who are going through divorce and fighting for custody and stuff like that. So he was interested in lawyers' names and how I felt it was going and, you know, using me to help these other guys get through it. Like, hey, you're fighting now, but look at it. This guy here, he got it. You know, he's got what he wanted. He, he shot for the moon and he got full custody. Um, and now... His wife, his ex-wife's back in town, so now he's got the perfect fifth. Like this is other than our marriage surviving, yeah, this yeah. is the best case scenario that I'm in right now. I, I truly believe I, I lucked out, and this is the best case scenario. Um, I, there's too many other stories on the other side. You can't read a story about divorce that doesn't have the father sees the kid every second Saturday. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's just too yeah. many of those. But there are there are tons of groups like that up here. Um, and again, a lot of them are through churches and things like that, which sometimes might, a lot of people might not think, and I'm not a deeply religious person. I, I grew up Anglican, went to a Roman Catholic school. I, I know a lot about religion and I celebrate the religious holidays and like the ideas of them. Um, but it doesn't dictate the way I live my life or anything mm -hmm. to that extent. But I wasn't aware of those to start with. But again, most of my stuff was a quick Google search and you're going to find a lot of stuff just right there. Um, especially yeah. if you look at the local stuff. There's no point in me looking at stuff from Arkansas. You know, just like there's no point <laughs> it's in not gonna help you. Arkansas looking for what jurisdiction and custody rights are in Ottawa, Ontario. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no what point you, in that. What you said that, the, so, that you didn't just look it up once. You went and compared it with multiple sources, though. And I think that's very important for people to know that you can't just take the first thing you find in the Internet. You want to compare. You want to find credible sources and make sure multiple ones are saying it and that's that's really important what you said
Well, that's it. Otherwise, you just cherry pick the one that suits mm-hmm. what you want to hear, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't need to hear what I wanted to hear. I needed to hear what I needed to hear. Yeah. And if what I needed to hear was 900 doctors out of 900 doctors and psychologists and therapists saying that the child should be with their mother, then crap, that's what I was going to go with. Fortunately, that was not what I was reading out there and everything was saying that it's best that the child have as much of both parents as possible. So, but yeah, no, it was like, there was a lot of stuff that I read and I read about a lot of worst case scenarios. And like I said, the, the puddle of snot and tears um, was probably on the days where I was reading a lot of the worst case scenarios. Like, oh my God, I'm going to get to see her anytime I feel like driving you know, yeah. eight hours one way every other weekend. Which to yeah. maximize the time on that would be taking a day off of work um, to drive down there early in the morning so I could be there by the time I'd be allowed to get her. Um, and then staying as late as possible on the Sunday and then driving home in the wee hours and going like straight to work. Like it was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But like even even still there was like just with the, the seven hour round trip drive, handoff was at noon. Um, a lot of these drives mm. were in winter. Um, so things could have gone bad. I lucked out, and I'll be honest with you, in, in the almost, I want to say it was around 45 weeks, it was about November where I got given full custody, and we started this seven-hour round-trip drive um, at the start of the year. So it was, it was about 45, 45 weeks of this. Um, handoff was at noon, and so we had all January, February, March, and April, which are generally crap potential yeah. months around here. Um, three of those you are guaranteed. Yeah, they're not very fun here either. I had maybe, I had maybe two hours of bad weather. Huh. Then blocked. after that, the worst weather I had was it was overcast. Mm. You know, like not even rain. Um, I had three times it snowed and those were all on the same drive and it snowed for five minutes each time we drove through it. Like I, I really lucked out. Um, we have a major attraction that was on the way on my side of it, so we got to stop at the Big Apple a lot, which is literally a giant, giant, I don't know if it's made out of plywood or what, but a giant apple. <laughs> um, and they make apple pies and a whole lot of other apple stuff there, so they stuck with the theme. Um, but their pies are amazing to the point where like people would see my pictures that I was stopping there and be like, um, I'm going to give you some money, bring me home some apple bread, bring me home some pies. So we stop there all the time. Um, and of course they sell a lot of candy there. So for Parker, it was heaven um, to the point where she's like, I want to go to the big apple one day to get some candy. And I'm like, can we get the same candy at any store and not drive for three hours? Um, but it's the thing, so we might go one day this summer because they've got mini golf there and some other stuff. So we That's might make awesome. a day of it. Um, I've got a buddy that lives in the area, so we might go see him too. But yeah, it's, you do what you got to do. <laughs> So yeah, um, so we're we're pushing at time. Uh, but oh. is there anything that you want to promote um, for yourself or anything like that? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I just like the idea of, just... of. Here's the one thing I'll tell you about divorce and separation: is people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, people yeah. don't. Yeah. Um, and and for a while, I was the bitter, angry ex. I was, and I guess I think that's why a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Mm. Um, I was just angry. It happens. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I'd been the one to leave my ex, she would have been the bitter, angry ex. 
Um, right. I, again, just I think it's human nature. Um, people don't want to talk about it, and you will. It's it's your friends pull away a bit, and I don't blame them so much because what do you say? Until I went through this, I wouldn't have known what to say to someone who's like, "My wife just left me." Oh, that's up. Well, what do you say? <laughs> you don't know what to say. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can sympathize, but you can never empathize. Right. With someone like that, if you haven't gone through that, really, maybe if you've lived through a divorce, you would have a bit of an inside knowledge of it. But again, you still wouldn't know what the people going through were going through. And yeah, I've definitely, I don't know if I've really lost the friends. I'm sure they're still my friends, but like there's people I haven't seen since this started. It could be a coincidence. It could be because of this. It could be they got busy. Um, but no one wants to talk about divorce. So I just wanted to let yeah know really that it can get better um it doesn't have to be all all crap it can be some sunshine and rainbows and like i said you read too many stories about the bad side of it so hey here's here's a win one. Well, yeah, yeah exactly and uh that's about as bad as it gets if you enjoyed this episode give us a rate and review Your feedback fuels us and helps us reach more parents and make a positive impact on their lives. Are you looking for a daily dose of dad jokes? Follow us on Instagram, at asdadsdadgetspod. There you can find the latest dad jokes and keep up with the latest news and updates about our podcast. Also, do you have a parenting question or do you want to spotlight a dad? Reach out to us by email at asdadsdadgets at gmail.com.